right, we're just going to get right into it. It's week 15 of the NFL season, and uh, Clark's not here, so I'm really not looking to fly solo tonight. So we're going to do probably an abbreviated show, just going to go over some concepts this week and maybe uh, look a little bit at the field. So last week, I was all over uh, Trevor Lawrence. I said you had to play Trevor Lawrence. Nobody else was doing it. It made sense. And at the end of the day, it was the right call. So, you know, props to anybody who did that. Anybody who listened last week and took advantage of that. You probably cashed in some good money. Um, I did as well. Uh, I took, uh, I got 15th place out of uh, 197,000 people in uh, the 50 cent uh, GPP. Um, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't any real money, you know, the 50 cent, uh, entry took home $200, which, you know, I'm looking, I, I, I want to win at least $10,000, which would have been first place. And, uh, you know, that's what I was shooting for. But if you, if you played, if you played that Lawrence stack, like we talked about that, I mean, I was feeling it like, you know, that was, that was the one thing I was like looking at, focused on and feeling it. And, uh, you know, it came true and you're going to listen to the show a lot of weeks and you're going to hear me say things that just aren't going to happen, you know, because that's, that's what it means to be contrarian. That's what it means playing against the field. Um, because most weeks you're wrong, but once or twice a year, you can be right. And you should be right. If you're playing right, if you're looking at the data pr- properly and those weeks when everybody else doesn't want to do it and you do it, that's when the opportunity comes because, you know, like this week, Patrick, uh, Patrick Mahomes, is projecting at 21% ownership. Now, if you could figure out the jigsaw puzzle that is the Kansas City Chiefs going up against the Houston Texans and you could get the right players, you can get the job done because the pieces outside of Mahomes are so cheap. You know, the wide receivers are are, are nothing. The most expensive wide receiver in that game is uh, uh, Juju. And Juju is, let's uh, pull it up here. Uh, he's 5,800. So, I mean, you you can conceivably, instead of doing Juju, you could stack uh, MBS with Kelsey and Mahomes. And, yeah, Kelsey's really expensive, but he's 7,800. He's still cheaper than an elite wide receiver. Um, and, and he does you give you great ceiling. So you can get there with Mahomes, and you can figure out the jigsaw puzzle. But the problem being is with 21% ownership, you have to be perfect. Everything has to be right. Whereas if you play a guy like last week with Trevor Lawrence, who had under 1% ownership, even if the other pieces aren't completely correct, you you have enough advantage over the field because everything else around it is sinking for a guy like Trevor Lawrence to be the number one QB on the week. Um, hey, Rygar that you you know you you just you just get a really good advantage and, and that's when people are talking about being contrarian and they talk about going against the field and you know until you like hit it until you get it it, it doesn't always make sense and uh, I thought that was a really good uh, example of getting it of, of understanding uh, how it works when it works right uh, so looking at this week I mean you have the Saturday slate which the way I approach a three game slate is, um, I'll take usually the four best quarterback plays on the, uh, on the, uh, on the board. You know, if I'm doing like 150 max or even a 20 max, I'm going to take the four best quarterback plays. Um, generally the two chalkiest quarterback plays, the two highest owned quarterbacks that everybody thinks is the favorite. Usually that, that I'll go into the third on that. And then I look at the price points and I try to balance the prices. So, you know, looking at the slate, you have, uh, you know, you have Josh Allen, obviously huge ceiling. I'm going to want to play him. Uh, Kirk Cousins as a, a decent ceiling. And then every other quarterback has the exact same projection, give or take a point or two. So really it just comes down to which one are you feeling makes the most sense. So you have, you have uh, Josh Allen at 8,300, definitely playing him. You have Kirk Cousins, who's the second highest ceiling. He's 6K. So now you have Deshaun Watson at 6,300. 
Uh, that doesn't feel right to me because if if I'm just looking to take some risk here, I already have two. I already have one quarterback at six K who I believe is actually really good, and that's Kirk Cousins. That I don't know if I really want to take the risk on Deshaun Watson, who's shown nothing going up against the Baltimore Ravens in a very uninspiring game, um, or Tua is just in a really bad spot with the Miami Dolphins going up against Buffalo. I'm um, I'm taking Josh Allen. Um you know if I'm if I'm running four quarterbacks, I'm definitely gonna play two. Uh, but if I'm playing three, if I if I'm getting thin here, there there's good reason to fade him because he's he's more money than Kirk Cousins is. So you know why 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 uh why split your opportunity and just go with the better play which would be cousins um and then i then i then i try to find the cheapest quarterback as my fourth pick um and you have uh, tyler huntley and you have matt ryan and they're both the exact same price there's a hundred dollar difference matt ryan is a hundred dollars cheaper than tyler huntley uh tyler huntley does have some running equity matt ryan is completely dust and Huntley's going up against Cleveland. I mean, I just think Huntley's the better play. So those would be my plays. I, w- I would just grab – I would grab the best, Josh Allen, the second best, Kirk Cousins, uh, Tua, because that game has the highest over and under. And then I would play Huntley because he just uh, he just feels better than Matt Ryan. And uh, I would fade uh, I would fade Ryan and I would fade Deshaun Watson And I'm because I'm just looking for opportunity. You know, the more things you could cut – out of your lineups in the small slate, the better, because you do need to take opportunity at uh, every chance you could get at any player that's projecting for about 10 point ceiling. Because, you know, a guy who's like 3K, like, you know, like a James Cook, he's 4,800. You're not going to want to play James Cook, but 4,800 and the dude goes off. You know, let's say he's the second best running back on the slate. And, you know, it's not Jonathan Taylor. It's not his brother, Delvin Cook. You know, it's James Cook. Suddenly, you know, he, he's winning huge tournaments. So that's why you have to play a guy like uh, like James Cook. But, again, anybody with the ceiling, you know, Kareem Hunt, uh, you're going to want him in your player pool. Uh, see some other thinner plays here. Yeah, that's about it. I usually like to run six running backs in a three-person field. So, I mean, obviously just keep going from the ceiling down. So it's it's Taylor, it's Cook, it's Chubb, uh, Mozart, uh, Dobbins, and then James Cook is probably the cutoff. You know, I would consider Devin Singletary. As a matter of fact, I think you have to consider Devin Singletary. He's got to be in your player pool. And then Kareem Hunt would be the other name. Uh, as mentioned, that I, I, I would consider. So I, I, I'm i probably feeling pretty good about doing six, but I would move it up to eight if needed. And then when it comes to tight end, I just play the top four projecting ceiling tight ends, and I don't give a shit about the rest. And those, I mean, that's where you can lose. That's where I'm taking my biggest risk that, you know, uh, Isaiah Likely at 2,600, uh, backing up Mark Andrews goes off. You know, I mean, he, he is getting some targets and, you know, let's just say he gets two touchdowns and 40 yards like he could he could break the slate. And I'm just not touching him because I, I just think the risk is too high. I would rather touch, take the risk on the third receivers on teams that, um, you know, like looking at the Indianapolis Colts, I'm, I'm, I'm going to play Alex Pierce. Uh, you know, he projects for a ceiling of 10 points. He's thirty nine hundred. It's It's probably a shitty play. But it makes sense, especially cutting the tight ends out, where he could be one of the guy. One of these third wide receivers are are going to be key, and it's it's a dart throw. You don't know for certain. Um, and then teams where there's no third wide receiver with a good projection, with a good ceiling projection, and not a good ceiling projection. I'm, like I said, I'm, I'm talking ten points. So that's, that's what I'm looking for. It's it's not asking a lot, but a guy like KJ Osborne in Minnesota isn't projecting for 10 points, um, that's probably going to be a fade, you know. But the good news is uh, TJ Hawkinson is the tight end, and he's projected for 18 points, so he's going to be one of my top four. He's going to be one of my four played tight ends. So it balances out, you know. Most likely if you're – if you're if it's a bad 
third wide receiver, chances are it's a good tight end. You know, you get that same situation with the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, Delvin uh, Duvarney isn't even projecting for 10 points. Um, Deshaun Jackson isn't projecting for 10 points. Uh, but Demarcus Robinson is the only wide receiver, and he's just projecting for 10 points only. Um, so, you know, when I'm playing those Tyler Huntley stacks, man, I, you know, I usually game stack like four to five players in these small field stuff and these, you know, these three game slates, but yeah, that might, that might actually talk me into Matt Ryan, uh, at the end of the day, cause uh, you know, it's pretty thin, but I, I probably would single stack, uh, Huntley with, with, uh, with Andrews, I guess you, I guess you're just going to have to double stack it and, you know, hope uh, Demarcus Robinson has a pulse, which probably isn't likely. Um, and man, I don't know. Isaiah likely just keeps popping out, even though he projects for nothing. Um, so that, that's something to think about there. And then uh, Miami, you know, there, there's uh, no tight end worth playing. You're three wide receivers. I probably. Uh, Sherfield, Trent Sherfield has been seeing a little bit more action lately. Um, he also returns kicks. So I think I'm playing him, even though he's not projecting for 10 points. You know, I think he's going to be one of the uh, the outliers that I, I'd allow there. And then, of course, the Buffalo Bills, you're going to have uh, Isaiah McKin- McKenzie, um, Gabe Davis, and Stephon Diggs. And I wouldn't be shocked if Dawson Knox is one of the top four tight ends. Um so I mean it's 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 all in on uh, uh, Buffalo, but it, it starts getting expensive. So I mean you do have to play a guy. You, you do have to you do have to play the third wide receiver in order to make that stack work. So that's what I do, and then I just kind of auto gen. I really don't do hand builds on on these small slates because they're just it's just such a crapshoot. I generally don't like playing them at all, but I can't help it because I'm a gambler and uh, I like opportunity and it's hard to walk away from an opportunity. But when you really measure it out, the payouts on these, some of these tournaments, you know, if you're playing a $3 20 max, I mean, you're talking $60. And when you generally play in the $3, you know, 20 max, I think the top prize is 50 K it's either 50 K or hundred K. I mean, it's real, but on these smaller slates, the, the prizes aren't generally as good, you know, I mean, it might be five grand. And at that point, I don't know if it's worth it that I'm risking my $60 on a very high risk game uh, for a payout that I'm really not super excited about. Now I think Thanksgiving had a higher pay uh, payout because more people play it. Um, so the Saturday slates may have a higher payout. I know I got excited after, you know, like I, I really tweaked my, um, my rules and my modifiers and, um, in my, my optimizer for the Thanksgiving slate. And I was feeling really good about it. I did a lot of research from the last, you know, four years of Thanksgiving slates and, uh, it actually produced, you know, a little bit of profit. So I started thinking, well, why am I not targeting three-game slates in general? Uh, so I started playing the afternoon-only slates on DraftKings, and that's where the payouts aren't really good. And I, I was, I started losing, and I, I'm like, what am I doing? You know, like, why am I taking this unnecessary risk? And last week, I actually stopped playing them. So I, I'm, I'm iffy if, uh, if I'm even going to spend time. Uh, with the Saturday stuff, but I thought I'd give you a little bit of uh, a thoughts there for Saturday uh, before we move into the main slate, the 10 game main slate uh, for Sunday. Uh, I'm not as confident at the quarterback position this week as, as I was last week. Um, I don't see the game stack like I did last week, right? I just got so excited that like you checked every box with that Trevor Lawrence play, you know, he was playing a terrible team. He was the chalk the week before and failed. So nobody wanted to play him. He had the injury tag. Like there just was a lot of reasoning um, to get excited. There is one guy this week that's really, really excited me. And uh, I mean, we'll just get right to it. It's Mike White. You know, it feels very much like the Trevor Lawrence play last week where you have access to a lot of the ceiling on the slate by playing Mike White. You know, the guy, the guy balls, um, he's, he's had good games and who's he playing? He's playing the Detroit lions who we know 
are one of the worst defenses in the league. So the opportunity makes a lot of sense there. Now, Mike White has thrown, you know, against the Chicago Bears, which was, you know, just a, a shitty game. He threw the ball 28 times. Against the Vikings, he threw the ball 57 times. Against the Buffalo Bills, you know, a dominant defense, he he, he threw the ball 44 times. Now, he, he got 27 DraftKings points out of Chicago. He got 22 against the Minnesota Vikings. You know, he hasn't had that 30-point week, but he's going up against the damn Detroit Lions, who are absolutely terrible. So you have a really good game environment where not only does it make sense to play the guy, uh, but he's not gaining ownership right now. Uh, his own, Oh wow. His, his ownership did spike a little bit. He's up to, he's up to uh six and a half percent ownership. So, I mean, you're not being insanely sneaky, but you're not in that 20% that's playing Patrick Mahomes. You know, you're, you're playing a dude that you're going to be able to do a lot with because Again, it's not just Mike White. Mike White gives you access. There's like of the top of 10 wide receivers, you know, two of them are in this game and you're going to have easy access to it. And that's Garrett Wilson. You know, he's 6K. You're stacking him with Mike White, who's, you know, 5'4". And then you're going to run it back probably with Armand St. Brown, who is a little pricey. He's 7,800, but we know his ceiling is legit. So I think he's a top five wide receiver this week in projections. So you're taking, you're getting, you're getting an elite wide receiver. You're getting a up and coming popular, um, Garrett Wilson. And, and the reason he's popular is because, you know, he's playing so damn good because the opportunity is there because they're throwing the ball so much from Mike White. So, like, all the pieces just kind of connect. And, yeah, Garrett Wilson is chalky. You know, he, he's 20%. Uh, Armand St. Brown, his his ownership's finally kind of settling down a little bit because uh, he hasn't been producing as well, and he's at 15%. Uh, so it is going to take, you know, a third piece in your in your Mike White stack to kind of get a little contrarian. Um, uh, Elijah Moore, uh, Denzel Mims. They're both projecting over 10 points for a ceiling. Again, that's kind of my threshold. You know, when I look at a player like Braxton Berrios, uh, you know, he's 3K. His ceiling is projecting at six points. I'm just not interested. Like, I'm not I'm not even going to – I just cut him, you know. It's, it's, not, it's not even uh, worth considering. But uh, Elijah Moore and Denzel Mims – uh, they're both, you know, under 4K, 36 on Elijah Moore, um, 3K, the bare minimum on Mims. And uh, right now, Moore is projecting at almost 10% ownership. So clearly the double stack everyone is playing is going to be more Wilson. Um, Mims, like from a projection standpoint, is a really good play here. You know, five targets last week. He caught three of them, went 35 yards. That's against the Buffalo Bills. Uh, you know, now he's going up against Detroit. And if they throw the ball 40 to 50 times, which is what's going to have to happen for Mike uh, Mike White to be the best player on, on the, the the field, or at least, you know, I mean, if he comes in top four, at wide receiver at at at, uh, at quarterback at that price point, I mean you're you're in really good shape. So um, I think De- Denzel Mims might be like the uh, uh, the hidden piece uh, to this to, to this stack, which is you know last I checked projections, Mike White was projecting under five percent ownership. He was at about three percent. You know now he's at you know six and a half. So. You know, this time the field's coming around to it. People are figuring it out that he's one of the best plays on this slate. And uh, but it's not gonna it's not gonna get crazy. I don't think it gets up to ten percent ownership. But if you play Mims, you're you're really dif- differentiating yourself from the rest of the people. You know that six and a half percent that's playing uh, Mike White. And if that one thing goes right, you know you're probably now in the top you know ten percentile of people playing Mike White. Um, it might even be higher than that, you know. So that's just a good play. You know, you can look at the tight end situation for the Jets. Let's just pull up uh, Tyler Conklin. You know, 
he's actually a great play. 3,100, projecting at 5% ownership, uh, ceiling above 10 points. Um, as a matter of fact, he, he's he's highlighted as one of my best tight end plays on the week. You know, the optimizer and the model, he's like popping in it. So, you know, Tyler Conklin, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna be firing him up. I'm gonna be playing him a lot more than Mims, and I'm probably gonna have to fade Elijah Moore, even though he makes a lot of sense. But the 10% ownership with a 20% ownership of Garrett Wilson, and then the 15% ownership of St. Brown, like you you have to find a way to get away from one of those pieces. And I I think just fading Elijah Moore is the right thing to do from a tournament standpoint. Um, Unless you want to like fade Armand St. Brown, you know, for like, you know, I mean, that's where it gets tough. I mean, are you going to do DJ Shark? Like, you're just losing the ceiling in that game. That's really key to uh, to winning the tournament. You can you can easily go down to uh, De- uh, DeAndre Swift at 5700 and assume Detroit on the road, um, you know, takes a lead and they just grind the ball with Swift and Williams and, uh, you know, Swift breaks, you know, a 60 yard run, gets a touchdown, catches a couple balls and, uh, you know, you're in the money and they don't really, uh, use St. Brown because they're winning, you know, they're not taking the risk of throwing the ball. Uh, suddenly now it's making sense and you're being contrarian. So I do think Swift is Swift is a, is a, a play is smart. You know, if you want to play Elijah Moore, um, Maybe then you play Swift as as the bring back, and uh, you know see how that works for you. But uh, yeah, I mean this is this is the game I'm I'm most excited about. Jets Jets uh, Lions. You know it's sickening. It's disgusting. Like th- these are the games that uh, you know us degenerate tournament players have to uh, you know get excited about. But man, that's that's what wins you. That's what wins you the big money. It's it's being the contrarian. It's spending down at quarterback um, because most of the time, you know, Patrick Mahomes kind of an exception because nobody knows who the wide receiver one is going to be. You know, no one knows where the ball is going to go outside of Kelsey. And if you play Kelsey, it starts getting expensive. But when you start looking at the other quarterbacks, you know, your Josh Allen's. Um, it starts getting really cost prohibitive when you start putting the, the stacks together because he's good. His players are good. The prices are just skyrocket where these, these shittier games, you know, you, you run into situations where, you know, uh, there's opportunity now, you know, sauce Gardner is going to be trouble for, uh, Armand St. Brown. Um, but the Vikings did put up 32 DraftKings points against the uh, secondary of the Jets. Um, that's really the only time this year, um, outside of some earlier stuff in the season, you know, Green Bay and Miami put up 27 points. But outside of that, I mean, this secondary has held everybody to under 24 points. And, you know, that that's a little concerning that the game can be slowed down a little bit. But if, um, yeah, yeah, uh, that makes the Armand St. Brown scary. So, you know, the, the Jets are favored in this game. Now, you know, their home team, it's it's a slight, it's slight advantage. But if, if the Detroit Lions can, man, if they could get an early lead, and they just grind the ball with Swift and Williams, um, the stack will work. But there's some concerns. You know, last week I there was like the vision was very clear. This week, not so much because, um, you know, the run back is just tif- difficult in this game. I'm very confident in the Jets' offense against the Detroit Lions' uh, defense, and I'm very confident that they're going to throw the ball a lot and I, I think Mike White is, is a great play. I'm just a little concerned on what to do on the Detroit side going up against the Jets secondary. So, uh, But it is my favorite game on the slate. You know, looking at some other of the games, like Justin Fields, Philadelphia, you know, Jalen Hurts. I like, you know, you, you can find – you can get a lot of points. You can get to your ceiling by playing, you know, bully ball where – 
you take a team that's just going to beat the shit out of the other team uh, to the point where you're almost nervous that like they're just going to dominate so much they're going to pull their starters. Um, you know, you have that situation with Philadelphia against Chicago, and you definitely have that situation with Kansas City versus the Houston Texans. Uh, but those game those games do produce a lot of points. Um, and you and your 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 studs, even if it like if Mahomes puts up so many points he's pulled in the fourth quarter, chances are he's already got, you know, 30 DraftKings points and, and you're probably in pretty good shape. So um they're definitely worth doing. I don't like attacking these games um because the pieces are just so damn expensive. You know, Jalen Hurts is is eighty two hundred. Um I really do like Miles Sanders. I loved him last week. You know, he did me well last week. He's again projecting under 10% ownership and you know, he he has just like a really good sexy ceiling going up against the Chicago Bears which have absolutely no ability to stop the run. So Miles Sanders just a great play this week. Um he's he's my favorite piece in this game. Uh but AJ Brown, you know, I mean just an easy spot for him. You know, he, he very, very likely to get a touchdown. Uh, Devontae Smith, little concern with, um, there's, I think Dallas Goddard might be coming back and, uh, games with Goddard, uh, Smith loses, uh, a couple passes. He, he loses a couple opportunity. Um, that's, that's realistic. So, uh, that, that makes me a little concerned with Devontae Smith. I'm not hundred percent sure that Goddard is playing. So that's something to monitor, but. You know, Devontae Smith being wide receiver too, he's 6,400, you know, and I don't know that I want to get down to the 3,600 Quez Watkins. So it just becomes really hard to play this game. You know, the run back, uh, you could easily run it back with David Montgomery, um, who projects well. Uh, you can run on Philly. You just, you know, it's hard to pass on them. But the pass rush of the Philadelphia Eagles against, you know, the offensive line, which which actually just broke the top 10, you know, an offensive line. So the Bears offensive line has improved drastically, but the Philadelphia Eagles, man, they're going to come to feast on that Bears offense. And I think they're going to get there and uh, it's going to be ugly. Uh, the Bears are going to have no time to throw the ball. Uh, the Philadelphia Eagles are excellent against the pass and the Chicago Bears have zero players to pass to. So, you know, I mean, Claypool's done nothing. You know, the only guy that interests me at all is Komet. So there's just not anything really in this game that, that that's worth getting excited about. So that game's kind of a fade. Um, I wish Clark was here to talk some weather because I, I know there is uh, some snow projections um, on the slate. Uh, I should just pull up the weather. Let's see what we're looking at here. I use NFLweather.com. It's a great, great site. You know, it, it, it breaks down, uh, gives you the weather, all, all the weather reports you need, the wind speed, the temperature, you know, if it's in a dome or not. And uh, just kind of taking a quick glance here. I don't see any heavy winds. Uh, it's obviously going to be cold in Chicago, 21 degrees, uh, 35 degrees clear, Detroit versus uh, the Jets. Um New England Raiders are in the dome. Tennessee Chargers are in the dome. Yeah, let's get to that game because that that's the game I'm uh before I like sold myself on Mike White being like a great contrarian play, I was really really high on the, the Tennessee uh Chargers game. One of the key factors last week with 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 Trevor Lawrence is it's just so easy to pass on the Tennessee Titans. Like they just, they have nothing going on. And the prices of the Los Angeles Chargers pass catchers have gone down drastically. You know, Mike Williams is 6,300. Keenan Allen is 6,800. I mean, you can double stack it. You know, Justin Herbert, a little expensive, 7,200, but he's still $1,000 under, you know, Mahomes. Um, yeah, I mean, he's $900 less than the top price guys. He's right there at the Joe Burrow range. Joe Burrow at 7K. Um, I definitely like uh, Justin Herbert over Joe Burrow. 
as does the field here. Now, Justin Herbert is going to be catching a little chalk. He's about 10%, which is really kind of the average. Like, that's like for a good play, that, that's the average. Um, I think 15 is like high chalk. And then anything over 15 is just ridiculous chalk, uh, which right now, again, Mahomes. Uh, oh, they brought Mahomes projections down. Okay. Excuse me, at like 20%, which is, I didn't understand why. Because, again, the pieces just didn't make sense. But, uh, yeah, that's brought down. Jalen Hurts now projecting to be the highest-owned quarterback on the slate at 14%. Um, and there's a lot of reasons, again, to love that play going up against, you know, a helpless Bears defense. But it's expensive, and it's just hard to make work. And I don't know that there's a lot of ceiling in that game. So, you know, a lot of reasons to fade Jalen Hurts. Uh, good cash game play, though. Um, Dak Prescott, 6,200. The field's moving towards him. Uh, he's at about 10% ownership going up against the Jacksonville Jaguars. You know, the over and under is good on that game. Uh, people are definitely gonna be looking at it. It's at 48. You know, the top, the top over and under on the week is, let's see here. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's what, 48 and a half, 49 and a half, the Houston Texans and uh, Kansas City Chiefs. So there's just not, there's not, this is the week. That's another reason why Mike White makes sense. There's just not a lot of ceiling in, in these games. There's just not a lot of like expectation for high potent offense across the board. Those are the weeks where you have to worry about the big stars. When when there's not a lot of that going on, there's just like ugly matchups, blowouts, and you know, just you know, Kansas City's fourteen point favorite, Philadelphia's a nine point favorite. Like the competitive games are the fun ones. You know, a game like Pittsburgh, Carolina, which I'm not touching and I'm not advocating for, you know, it it's uh has one of the lowest over-unders on the week at 37 and a half. But those are, I mean, those are the games you just have to like look at and talk yourself out of. Um, you know, I could instantly do that by looking at the over-under going, it's 37 and a half. It's not worth considering. But those are the games, those, those middle like over-unders, those 44 and a halves are the games worth looking at. The New England Patriots versus the, the, the uh, Oakland Raiders, or I'm sorry, the Las Vegas Raiders. Um, you know, Jacksonville, Dallas. Uh, that game is obviously very chalky. Um, yeah, I, I have no interest in the uh, the New Orleans game, the New Orleans Falcons game. I'm sorry, I'm all over the place this morning. I really got no sleep, and um, yeah, just hoping I'd have a, a partner here this morning to kind of you know help me uh, stay stay focused, but uh, that, that didn't happen. So. I'm all over the place. Um, yeah, the Falcons, New Orleans Saints, it's projected to be a slow-paced game. Um, I do like Andy Dalton. I really do. You know, I, I mean, I, I keep trying to be sneaky and finding the guy. But when you're talking Andy Dalton versus Mike White, I just think the game environment is so, so much better for Mike White. And that's what, again, going back to the point of being contrarian, Mike White, is slightly going to be under owned compared to Andy Dalton, you know, six and a half percent versus seven and a half percent. It's a one point difference, but it just goes to show you like people don't want to do the Mike white play, but yet there's so much damn ceiling there that it's probably a great play. And, you know, Mike white is $200 more than Andy Dalton. And you're getting a lot more ceiling projection uh, from him. So it's just a much better play. So when I look at Andy Dalton, as excited as I get for him, at the end of the day, I'd rather just put that money towards Mike White and fade Andy Dalton. Um, that and I'm not like super excited about the the pass catchers. You know, Chris Chris Olive is uh, 6,500. Um, which, which is a great price. I mean, we've seen what he could do. The opportunity is still there, but I think I like him as as a piece rather than uh, as part of a, a uh, stack. So, I mean, he's a guy I'm, I'm going to be playing a lot outside of this game. Um, everything also feels right about Elvin Kamara this week as well. Uh, he's – it's not sneaky. I mean, 20% of the field is going to be there. But he's 6,800. You know, he, he's probably $400 too cheap. 
um, than what, where he should be. I know he hasn't been producing a lot, but he's he's been injured. They're coming off a bye. They're going up against Atlanta, which I think is the sixth worst team against uh, uh, stopping the run. Um, and Andy Dalton's going to get him involved in the pass game. Like it, it just it just seems like the right play, you know. I mean, he he's been terrible this year. Last five weeks, five points, nine points, 12 points, seven points, nine points, you know, just ugly. But against the Raiders, he did put up 42 points earlier this year. Um, he has put up 27 points. So the, the ceiling is there. I think this is just a get right Elvin Kamara spot. You know, give give a little bit of love to the people who drafted him, who somehow, despite him, made the playoffs um, in their season long. I, I think he might deliver for them this week. Which makes him a pretty good, you know, fantasy play. Um, as far as the Falcons go, there's really nothing that excites me. Um, I think the wide receiver, uh, you know, Patton, Patton and running back, you can run on New Orleans, but I, I just a split duty. You know, I, I'm just not loving it. Drake London is a pretty good play at 4,700. I think if you're looking for cheap wide receivers, you know, he, he's a pretty good spot there. Um, we talked Chiefs Houston. Um, it's just not a great game environment. Uh, and you, because you just can't figure out the Kansas City Chiefs. It's just an enigma um, that, that you just end up like, being frustrated, you know, you start building so many teams that like they're so different. Like I love when I could game stack and there's like one or two pieces I change up, you know, to give a little bit of uh, flexibility to. But when it's like every player I'm I'm considering starting, and every player I fade, I feel bad about. I feel concerned. Like I don't think I want to play any Justin Watson, but Justin Watson could be like the key piece to this and if i put 20 percent equity you know let's say i do uh, you know i run five quarterback stacks at 20 percent each like i'm gonna feel pretty shitty that i i ran 20 percent of uh patrick mahomes for justin watson to be to go for like two touchdowns and 80 yards like that would just destroy me you know, I'm I'm a fragile man, and these are hard times. And it's you know, Merle Haggard had a song. If we make it through December, um, that, that that's how I feel. Like I, I just I can't do it, man. I can't I can't put myself out there. I'm too fragile of of a man to uh to play the Kansas City stuff. Like it's just so much could go right, so much could go wrong. Like it's just it's just a damn enigma, man. And uh, I'm not gonna do it. I will say I like Chris Moore, forty two hundred. Uh, for the the Houston Texans, they have like nobody, and uh, it, it's it's Chris Moore and Philip Dorsett are the wide receivers. And Philip Dorsett, I think, is worth playing. You know, thirty three hundred. If you're looking for a punt uh, wide receiver, if you're looking for you know a guy just to give you a, a shot at ten to twelve points, you know, Chris Moore, I think it gets you fifteen points. Uh, they're they're worth they're worth playing. Pittsburgh, Carolina, we can just kind of skip that. We kind of have already. Um, we talked Detroit, Jets. The Jaguars-Dallas game is intriguing. Um, definitely worth playing. I just feel like every time I play Dallas, I lose. I just It just never happens for me. And I, I, I feel like I've lost more money on Dak Prescott than any quarterback, you know, in the history of the NFL. Um, he always has a great ceiling, you know, he always projects really well. I mean, if you, if you're a data person, like it always makes sense, but you know, I mean, last five games, 15 points, 17 points, 16 points, 20 points, 21 points, 26 points, 12 points. I mean, where, what's the ceiling? Like, why, why do we keep playing Dak Prescott at 6,200? It's not like he's cheap. You know, if he was, if he was 5,400, I mean, if he was one of the cheap quarterbacks, it's like, okay, yeah. But 10% ownership, middle price quarterback that never does anything. Like, it's just so frustrating playing Dak Prescott. Um, 
And then you get to the running back situation, and the good news is both both of the running backs are like not owned this week. So, you know, if you want, if you can stomach spending seventy one hundred for Tony Pollard in a split back in a running back by committee situation, I mean, both those guys dominate. So, I mean, it, it, it's okay, but there's not a great ceiling on either player, and uh, yeah, it, because there's just splitting time. They're just splitting time. Um, Zeke, 6,200. Pollard is 7,100. But, again, they're both under uh, under or at right about 5% ownership. So you really get an advantage on the field. If you were to play, you know, Tony Pollard and he were to go off, and you would get a, an insane advantage if you played Zeke Elliott and, you know, he put up 30 points. So tournaments, I mean, you, you do have to consider those guys. Um. And then the wide receivers. I mean, it's C.D. Lamb. He's he, much like Prescott. I feel like I always get burned on him. Like he, it just never happens. He 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 does okay. <clears throat> like he's not a bust. You know, eight points, twenty points, twenty points, nine points, forty-one points, eighteen points, ten points. It's just like there's no consistency. You know, the, the opportunity is there every week. You know, he, he gets those five targets. Uh, the week he went up for 41 points was against Green Bay. He got 11 targets that week. Um, I'm sorry, he got 15 targets and 11 catches. Yeah, so, I mean, C.D. Lamb's obviously the play in the game stack with Dak. And then, you know, Gallup or Noah Brown. Worth considering, and then Dalton Schultz is always always makes sense. Great, great tight end play, good tight end going up against Jacksonville, which isn't great against the tight end position. Uh, the problem is, you know, Dalton Schultz has 15 percent ownership, which is just way too high for the tight end position. You know, tight ends you want under ten percent ownership. Anything over ten percent in tournament play at tight end really needs to be part of a game stack, which it would be in this case. Uh, but outside of that, it, it starts becoming fade territory. There's just so much volatility at tight end that, you know, and he's not free. You know, he's not he's not 3K. He's, you know, 44. Um, you know, I could get down to probably, you know, 33 and, you know, have just as much of a chance as getting, you know, close to what uh, Dalton Schultz puts up. So, Easy fade in tournaments, but in game stacks, I, I think he makes sense with, with Prescott and Lamb. Um, Michael Gallup has has no projected ownership. Same price, virtually the same price as, as Dalton Schultz. He's $100 more, and, uh, you know, he's a wide receiver, you know, where the other guy's a tight end, and uh, he, he, can, he can be that guy. I mean, he can be the Michael Gallup of old that we knew and loved. Um, it just hasn't happened for him. This year, he did put up 18 points against the Colts two weeks ago, uh, but that that was his best game of the year. So, yeah, I mean, you can look at Michael Gallup there. Um, I think I actually like that play. I like the Schultz-Lamb stack, you know, fading on the tight end. Schultz, because everyone's there. And, uh, you know, running it back with Kirk. I mean, Kirk's been on a tear. Evan Ingram, man, went off last week. I mean, that was the key. That was the key to the to the game stack. Uh, with Lawrence, um, he just he absolutely broke the slate, and uh, you know, it, for as sure as I was with Lawrence, you know, I did not foresee uh, Evan Ingram putting up forty-two points. Like that just was not on my radar. You know, thankfully again, I was there. You know, he he was one of the he was one of the plays within the game stack. You know, you need to start two. Um, it was him, Kurt, and Zay Jones were were the plays. I, I like Trevor Lawrence again this week. You know, the Dallas Cowboys defense has been really good against the uh, the pass. Um, they do a lot right when it when it comes to um, the things that are – oh, wow. Yeah, I'm wrong. Uh, Dallas gives up a lot of points to the wide receiver position. They shut down the tight end position, and they shut down the run game. Um and quarterbacks don't project well for them. But they average about probably about 15 points a game would be the average. Um, running backs probably average around 15 points. And then wide receivers average around 30 points. So, 
Yeah, I mean, I'm, that, that makes me excited. I mean, I think it's going to be a lot of Mike White this week with Trevor Lawrence. You know, uh, go back to the well. You know, same situation as last week. He's under 5% owned. He's at 3% ownership. You know, he broke the slate last week. Um, the difference this week and the reason nobody is going to him is the price has gone up $300. Now he's in the 6K range. He's 6K. Um, it's just so much easier to stomach when a guy is in the fives. Like you just, as soon as they hit that six number, it just becomes a new tier. And, and you just start like comparing prices. Like, you know, Dak Prescott, 6,200. God, I like Trevor Lawrence better though. Um, yeah, let's see. Jared Goff is 57. So, yeah, I mean, like I'm not that concerned with his with his price point. Um, you know, $600 difference from, off of Mike White. Um, yeah, I mean, fuck it. Go for it. 48 point over and under. You have an easy, you know, you have Christian Kirk, and then you have Zay Jones or Evan Ingram. This week, a lot tougher of a matchup for the tight end position. So I think Zay Jones and Christian Kirk – Makes sense. And then you run it back with CeeDee Lamb, and then you don't even have to worry about Dak Prescott disappointing you um, or, or taking the risk of Gallup, unless you want to put Gallup as the run back, um, which seems very thin. You know, you, you have a nice – you have a, you have a, a, a 17 – you have a 20-point projected ceiling for Kirk. You have a 17-projected ceiling for Zay Jones, and you have a 23-projected ceiling for CeeDee Lamb. So – all the pieces make sense. It, it's it's a it's a lot like last week, where I mean Trevor Lawrence is going to be a good play, and I think I'm going to put him in my single entry. Last week, you know, I I talked a big game and I ran him big in tournaments, and and it, it worked well for me. But after I finished the show, I started doing breakdown on, on price point, and at the end of the day, I thought Geno Smith made the most sense for the pieces. Like you got like a lot of good players in that game stack and Geno Smith projected really well that in my single entry, I ended up doing, you know, uh, my hand build was a Geno Smith team instead of the Trevor Lawrence team, which was just a big mistake. And then in the, my, my, uh, the 20 max, I didn't allow double tight end plays and the Trevor Lawrence play needed the double tight end plays really to maximize it, which is why it worked for me in the 150 max, uh, because I, I, I did allow for double tight end in that uh, scenario. So that was my mistake. Um, I, you know, I, I got to look over the tight end board this week and kind of see where I'm, where I'm going there. But uh, yeah. So great game. Like, 48 point over and under it's like the second highest on the board. Um, you know, Chicago it's third highest. Chicago is the second highest, but that doesn't feel right. I would take the under on that game. And then uh, the Kansas city Houston game we talked about. I mean, it's just a, it's a beat up game where this game is, there's a four point difference between the two teams. Um, it's, it's projected by Vegas to be competitive and it has a high over and under. It has a, quarterback who's on fire right now he has chemistry with his receivers and you have a really good run back so go for it i mean fire this one up uh so right now my two quarterbacks are, are white and um trevor lawrence and then i'm probably gonna do a little i'm gonna i'm trying i'm gonna try to maybe maybe oh herbert would be the uh, third one um and then you get Mac Jones and the Raiders game. This game, this game is is interesting. Uh, you know, Mac Jones is projecting for a little bit of ownership. He's about five percent. Derek Carr is at, at under five percent. Um, Derek Carr has one of the higher ceilings on the slate. The dude just never gets there. He's fifty six hundred though. You know, so he's the same price as Mike White. Um. But we've seen him hit his ceiling, you know, years past. He has not done it this year, though. His highest uh, his highest ceiling game 
has been 23 points. So just disappointing over and over. And I know I've put some money on him. Um, and, and I just, I stopped like by week four, I was just like, I just don't feel it, you know, let, let him burn me and then maybe I'll reconsider. And he, he never did. So he, he's just been off my radar. Um, this game projects to be a very slow paced game. The Patriots love running slow games. They're like the Green Bay Packers in that aspect. So there's not a lot of speed from tempo. So you're not going to have as many fantasy plays, which to me is generally just a fade. Um, unless I believe in the quarterback and I don't know that I believe in Mac Jones. Um, when you, when you're spending down at the quarterback, unless they're like, you know, Justin Fields, when he was cheap, you knew he could get there with his legs, but when you get these guys, man, they got to be throwing for 40, 40 balls. They got to have 40 attempts and Mac Jones is not being underused. I mean, he's almost gotten there three weeks ago against Minnesota. He threw 39 times uh, against Buffalo, you know, a, a tremendous defense. He threw the ball 36 times. And then last week versus Arizona, you know, in a game they dominated um, 35 times. So they are throwing the ball. So Mac Jones is worth considering against Vegas. Um but the game environment is really ugly. It really is. It does get it does give you access to Devontae Adams as the run back. Because uh, again, I don't think I'm I'm going to the car side. Or if you think that Vegas takes the lead, I think Josh Allen, or I'm sorry, uh, Josh Jacobs is a good run back. You know, I generally don't like running back with running. I generally don't like using a running back as the run back. But when it makes sense, I'm all for it. Now, Josh Jacobs is catching a lot of ownership at 24%. But I think if you're playing the Mac Jones double stack, I think you're going to be okay. Like, you know, Devontae Adams at 10%. Um, yeah, it's just like, who do you, who do you play? That's where it starts getting tough with Mac Jones is, <clears throat> you know, with Trevor Lawrence and Mike White, there's, there's receivers with high ceilings. There's guys that I like, I trust and want to play. You know, I want to play Garrett Wilson. I want to play Christian Kirk. Uh, I don't want to play Zay Jones, but he's there. Uh, when it comes to Mac, when it comes to Mac Jones, like, <laughs> you know, I'm not sure if Jacoby Myers is playing. I know he's questionable. Uh, Devontae Parker, questionable. Uh, are you really going to put a lot of equity in Nelson Aguilar, um, Kendrick Bourne, or uh, Thornton? Like the the highest ceiling projection right now is Jacoby Myers at thirteen points. Now, if, if Jacoby Myers was healthy, I'd be comfortable with it because I, I do uh, I do think he's generally a pretty good wide receiver um, for his price point. Like he generally, he's not, he's not like good. Like he's not going to win, you know, he's not going to be in the top 10 wide receivers, but you know, he's so cheap. He's in the 4k range that like, you know, if he gives you 20 points, which I think is realistic, that's fine. Uh, Hunter Henry is probably the best play. So maybe Mac Jones, Hunter Henry, and then just guess at wide receiver. And then just be excited. You're playing Devonte Adams on the other side or Josh Jacobs. Yeah. It just, that's my problem with this game. It, it, it's it's not so much the quarterback or the opportunity because I like a lot of what's happening here. But Matt Jones, again, he's projecting the same as Mike White and Trevor Lawrence. So, you know, if I had my pick, I'd easily cancel him out, you know, and, and spend up a thousand. I, the difference is a thousand dollars for Trevor Lawrence. Um or four hundred hours for Mike White, but yeah, those guys are just better plays that I, I can't get on board with with the back uh, with the back Jones hype this week, even though he he's getting played up to you know seven percent, which is not usual for him. Uh, Arizona, Denver, thirty seven point over and under. I'm just not I'm, I'm just not excited for anything in this game. You know, you have uh, Brett Rippon versus Colt McCoy. You know, I mean, how dusty can that be? Both quarterbacks are the stone minimum. They're 5K. Um, if you think somehow this is a magical shootout, you know, I won $15,000 by playing a Drew Locke stack against uh, Atlanta. 
you know, in a game sim- similar to this where it just was ugly and nothing, nobody wanted to be on it. It did have a higher uh, over-under, if I remember right. It was like projecting like the fourth highest over-under of the week. Uh, where this just, you know, Vegas says this is going to be a dud. I think it's going to be a dud. So it's probably not worth doing anything but maybe finding a couple pieces. You know, your Jerry Judy's, your uh, uh, DeAndre Hopkins projects well. Uh, but both those guys, I think, are a little too expensive for the risk, you know, uh, 7,700 for, uh, Hopkins. I don't know if I want to spend almost 8k, you know, for a quarter for a guy who's, who's being thrown to by a guy. I just, I, I know nothing about. So, yeah, I mean, I think this game is just like a total fade. Greg Dolich is all, all, always a play at 3,600 and 5% ownership for Denver. But outside of that, I think, uh, I'm, I'm going to be fading pretty heavy. And then, I'm saving uh, the Chargers Tennessee for last because um, I really do like that game. We talked a little bit about it, so let me just skip over to uh, 44 and a half over under Cincinnati, Tampa Bay. Mike White feels a lot like Matt Ryan, where it's just you know every week there's hope and potential, and every week you know it's 18 points, 15 points, 12 points, 17 points. 20 points, you know, one time this year, he's gone over 25, you know, against the Chiefs, he put up 29 points. That was early in the season. This is an old dude, you know, older than me. And I, I would be done by week three. So, you know, and I'm, I'm not, <clears throat> and I'm talking about playing fantasy football. Like by what, by week three, I'm exhausted and, I, and I'm done with the, with the game. Like, I want the season to end. So, to actually go out on a field, like, it's crazy, man. It's crazy that the guy's still playing. Unbelievable. Um, I mean, the thing is, like, 55 attempts, 54 attempts, 43 attempts. The last three weeks, like, they're just not shy in throwing the ball. It's just – but they're just not getting there. So, he's always worth a, du- a dart throw. Right now, there's virtually no ownership projected on Tom Brady. Um, he's 5,500. So, I mean, if you like, I just like, I'm putting everybody up against Mike White this week. And uh, I think I do like Tom Brady over Mike White. But let's see, who will we stack with? I mean, you got Jamar Chase as the clear run back. Or you got T. Higgins, who everyone is down on, and uh, ownership reflects that. You know, he's had a couple duds. He's hurt people in the, the, the uh, season long that people are just upset and angry and don't want to play the guy. That's tournament gold when that happens. Um, Godwin, 6,700. Mike Evans, 6,200. Both in really good spots. Uh, both have really high ceilings. Like, yeah, this is a game you got to play. You you gotta have exposure on Tom Brady, and I think you gotta have exposure on Joe Burrow as well. Either way you go, you know the only expensive piece is Jamar Chase at eighty three hundred. So you can be able to do whatever you want, and there's a lot of players worth playing. You know Jamar Chase, T Higgins, Chris Godwin, Mike Evans. I'm fine playing Tyler Boyd. I don't know how I feel about Julie, uh, Julio Jones. I think that's a fade. Russell Gage, that's a fade. Just not enough ceiling. Um, I'm not really interested in any of the tight ends. So, yeah, I mean, the running backs are, are great, too. You know, Joe Mixon, 7,200. I, I, I think he's too cheap. But going up against Tampa Bay's defense, that's probably a smart fade. Uh, that's why no one's there. Uh, and then White or Fournette. You know, two backs, split in time. I don't know what's going on. I don't want any part of that. So, I mean, there's a lot. There's 44 and a half points. Again, this is this is a tournament play that's worth taking. Yeah. I mean, Joe Burrow is projecting at 5% ownership. That's a dude, like, when you get him at 5% ownership, that's when he goes off. No one plays him, and all of a sudden, out of nowhere, he puts up 52 points, you know, and, and, and Tyler Boyd somehow puts up 30, and, uh, you know, T. Higgins – uh, gets it. There, there's, I always forget who Boyd correlates with. That's funny to me because it's it's not it's not both of the wide receivers. There's definitely uh, uh what is it? So Tyler Boyd, Boyd 
has good correlation with Jamar Chase and terrible co- correlation with T. Higgins. So, I mean, if you're looking at things from a data and a correlation standpoint, kind of interesting that if you're going to play Boyd, play Chase. Because um, when T. Higgins has a good day, uh, Chase doesn't. When T. Higgins has a good day, the tight end and the running back generally have good days. So, you know, if you think this is going to be a, a game where they're going to control the ground, which is unlikely against Tampa Bay, then Higgins is the go-to guy. But if you think it's going to be a lot of air and uh, air yards, then it's Jamar Chase and Tyler Boyd. And uh, I think that's the way to go this week. Um, that, that's the way I'm going to be playing it, just stacking those guys. I, I might not even, like, try to mix it up. I might just say, fuck it. Let me play Jamar Chase. Let me play Tyler Boyd. And then I'm going to get creative on the comebacks, you know. I'll, I'll switch out Godwin. I'll switch out Evans. Um, maybe even a running back. But, yeah. All right, so that's worth playing. And, and then the last game, Tennessee and uh, the Chargers. Again, everything makes sense to throw on the Tennessee uh, Titans. So, I think Herbert's just in a great spot. I think the pass catchers for the Chargers are in a great spot. You know, as thin as Josh Palmer at 5,600, I think he's playable. Uh, The run back is probably Robert Woods. Um, If you think that Tennessee could get there controlling the game through the ground, then obviously Derrick Henry. But Derrick Henry, a little expensive at 8K. Uh, probably not worth the risk. He also was catching a, a lot of ownership this week. So I'm thinking I, I'm probably going to fade him as a run back and just go cheap and go uh, go go Bob Woods. Well, Robert Trees at 4,400 I think is, is, is a pretty good play. And then the tight end, uh, you know, uh, the guy I can't pronounce his name, Oko, he got there last week. We talked a lot about him last week. And I said he'd be a good run back against against Trevor Lawrence. And I was right. Like, if you you ran back him and you double-stacked it with Evans, like, whoa, baby, you know, you're close to the billion dollars. Um, That that was a key piece there. So, yeah, I mean, he's worth a run back as well. Uh, Gerald Everett. You know, we saw what we saw what Ingram did last week, what Lawrence and Ingram did last week against this this Titans team. You know, let's go Gerald Everett, and let's go uh, with his number one receiver. Let's go Keenan Allen. I mean, it's it's very it's very affordable. It's very easy to get to, and then running back with Bob Woods. I'm in. Like, I'm excited. That's, you know, there's, there's like three games I'm excited about. And that's one of them. So there you have it. I mean, I, I think that's everything, you know, the chalk running backs, just kind of look at those, see what's going on there. Uh, yeah, Josh Jacobs is the highest projected own running back right now. He's 8,100, you know, uh, a little, a little expensive, a little, a little too much. Um, a little expensive. A little, little too much. Um, out of the night, um, fifty-three hundred. He's going to be chalk because. Little expensive. Point. Thank you for coming now, but like now I'm getting feedback, so I'm trying to wrap up here. Uh, I turned it off. Right, thank you. Good morning. It's good. Good to see you. Good to see you. Uh. Yeah, let me look at tight end a little bit too, because right now the high O stone projected player is the guy I was just talking about, the Chigozomo Okawako of the Tennessee Titans. We just call him Oko, C O Co. Um, I like him a lot in that, in that game stack, um, but at eighteen percent ownership, I'm going to fade him in tournament play. Uh, outside of the game stack. We talked a little bit about Schultz. Same situation. I'm going to fade him. He's at 15%. Kelsey's at 15%. I know I'm never going to get to 15% on a, a 7,800 um, tight end. I'm probably going to have him around 5%. So that's not even a concern to me. 
Um, yeah, but tight end is pretty like unimpressive this week. Uh, there's not a lot of great ceiling, so kind of do whatever you want, which usually means just spend as cheap as you can, which is why uh, Co is so so damn highly owned. He's the cheapest play with the highest ceiling. Uh, great pivot off of him is Hunter Henry. Uh, exact same projection. Exact same projection. $200 more than Co. Um, but you're losing, you know, 12% ownership. Uh, let's see. Yeah. Austin, Austin Hooper. Uh, Jordan Aikens. Jordan Aikens, 2700 He's $300 less than, or $400 less than the chalk player. Again, projects exactly the same. I mean, it's the same story with all these guys. It's a touchdown or bust. So why why take the risk that everyone else is doing? Go ahead and take the risk of, um, you know, being contrary into the field and uh, being different and giving yourself an advantage instead of falling and failing with everybody else. Uh, that, that's what kills you. So, you know, won't really talk wide receiver much. I mean, wide receivers always like the good the good plays are the good plays, the bad plays are the bad plays. Um, there's not a huge wide receiver ceiling this week, too. That's something to, to consider. Um, there's only like five guys. That's why, like Garrett Wilson, he's the fourth highest projecting uh, wide receiver on the slate. I mean, Garrett Wilson. Armand St. Brown's the second highest. So, again, we're talking about Detroit and we're talking about the Jets. All signs keep pointing back. Two of the top five projected ceiling players are in one game, and it's not being super owned. So, you know, people are playing those guys outside of the stacks, but they're not playing them within the stack. So, you know, good discipline, get there. And Christian Kirk is a top ten wide receiver this week as well. So, you know, fire up those Jets, Detroit game and uh you know have exposure to the Cincinnati the the Cincinnati Tampa game have exposure on the Chargers Tennessee and let's go back to Trevor Lawrence against Dallas and uh, those would be my plays this week so hope everybody uh does well you know go win the money you know I almost got there last week close you know, I got into the one percentile of players, um, but it wasn't enough to make a lot of good money. So hopefully this is the big money. I need a car. I need a car bad. So I really kind of needed that first place finish. But, you know, I'll take 16th place this week. I'm going for the first. All right. Have a good night, everybody. Or a good day. Whatever the hell you're doing. I don't know. Drive safe. <laughs>